1: It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
0: Oh, and this weather forecast just keeps getting better. How are you doing, everybody? Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke, on a fabulous-looking Friday as far as this weather forecast is concerned. The only downside is it's going to start getting muddy around the state of Wisconsin pretty quick, and we'll probably have that uh, embarrassing time where no snow and not any green either, making it a little dull on the eyes. But, boy, I'll take these temperatures today's sunshine 40 degrees tomorrow sunshine and 46 now they're calling for some clouds on sunday but still a high of 42 now we will see a cool down happen starting the front part of next week monday probably no better than 31 but then we bounce back into the 40s for the rest of next week stumacher ag meteorologist will bring you more of those weather details coming up well, the 2021 spring wolf hunt has concluded. Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources had uh, hunters act very, very quickly to meet the quota that they'd put out there. Josh Scramlin's going to bring us more details on that spring hunt and the planned fall hunt here in the state of Wisconsin. One Wisconsin livestock owner that's been plagued by wolf attacks and uh, killing of his livestock particularly paying attention to those details. That's just one of the stories we've got for you on a fabulous Friday.
1: Former Alice in Dairyland and current Farm Report extraordinaire, Caitlin Riley, joins us from La Crosse in just moments, right here on the Midwest Farm Report. We're on mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong.
2: If you're interested
3: in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com/careers.
1: Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong.
0: National FFA Week celebration continues right here on the Midwest Farm Report. It's a fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'm very curious about this next story that we're bringing to you. I'm always looking at the way that young women are uh, impacting and getting involved with FFA and agriculture in general. Caitlin, you've got a really cool story this morning that shows uh, never say no to an FFA gal and never limit the areas that she can focus her attentions on, huh?
4: that's right Pam from the western end of the world's longest farm in Lacrosse I'm Caitlin Riley and I was able to chat with a young woman just across the river Carly Palmer she's the chapter president of the little Switzerland FFA in Wacon Iowa and she didn't come from a traditional farm family not a traditional farm background but keep an eye out for Carly because I can guarantee you she's going to be one of our next leaders in these stem programs talking about science technology engineering and math and
5: She's a fabrication gal that's definitely keeping those boys
4: on their toes.
5: We own a welding shop outside of Wakan here that works on farm machinery and things like that. So I grew up, you know, learning about how to fix farm equipment and stuff like that. But I didn't actually grow up on a farm. As for my background in FFA, I've been in FFA for four years now. My first two years, they were a little rocky, you know. I was just trying to take my time to learn more about the program and see how it could benefit me and if I could learn more about agriculture. So then my summer of my junior year, I actually applied to be an officer and I applied for the reporter position and thankfully I got it. So That was the moment I decided I wanted to be as involved and as good of a role model as I could be. So I decided to get overly involved a little bit and I joined every group and committee that I could and tried to do any community service activities that I could work with my schedule. So then I decided to apply for a proficiency award and I later became the state champion of the proficiency of ag fabrication and design. And then I did a star as well, and I became one of the six star finalists in placement. So that was my junior year. And thank goodness this year, I've kind of mellowed down a little bit, you know. Now I'm just the president of the FFA, and I try to be as good of a role model as I can be
4: I think saying just the president is an understatement, though, even if you are (laughs) taking a step back a little bit, that's wonderful to see how much you have blossomed in this organization. And what does it mean for you as a young woman who is going into a field like this? You know, we're seeking more and more people to go into science, technology, engineering, math. You are just diving right on into it. What does that mean for you? And what are you looking for in your future?
5: Yeah, so actually, I was one of the only females in my proficiency area of ag- fabrication and design. And, you know, that's a big step for me to be the state champion, because that means I outbeat all the boys, you know, not that there's anything wrong with the boys. It's just kind of nice to have that female empowerment in that position. I think we definitely need more females in areas like that. And I think it's really good to get that role model out of it, you know, <laughs>
4: Absolutely. How have things been this year with COVID-19, trying to stay active in an organization that's typically pretty hands-on? I'm assuming that you guys have had to adjust and you being president, you probably
5: had to take on even more leadership. Yeah. So it's been really hard, you know, with working around the COVID and trying to figure out what activities we can do that are still community service, but still not like Within those safety boundaries, you know, so we did a community service activity of where we just tried to get as much money together as we could and donations for um, our local community um, food service area for Christmas. So we got, uh, I think it was like 500 some dollars together to donate to our community shelter so that they were able to buy Christmas presents for our surrounding areas. So that was really good, but. As for like FFA week in particular, you know, we have to talk to the administration um, about like our Ag Olympics and our pancake breakfast and make sure we can stay within those safety boundaries with COVID and trying to keep it all together. Typically, FFA week to me
4: is also a time to not only show off what you guys do, but also to try to recruit new members. Say, hey, this is an awesome organization. You guys should join. What would you say to someone who's maybe on the fence about FFA or has a question about it?
5: So in my experience, I've learned that a lot of the people that are on the fence are kind of like, well, it's only for farm kids, you know, it's only for those who actually own animals and show cows and stuff like that. So when I get people that come up to me like that, I just try to tell them that you know, ag is related to everything in your life. It's the food you eat, it's the products you put in your hair, you know, anything that you do is basically related to ag. So I just try to show them that and show that you don't have to come from that farm background to really be involved. Absolutely. And forgive me, you know, being from the other
4: side of the river in Wisconsin, I don't know a lot about Iowa FFA's rules, but is this something that you can stay involved in for a little bit even after you graduate
5: high school? Yeah, so you can actually stay involved two years after you graduate high school, and that includes, you know, if you're moving on in contests and if you want to get your national FFA degree or your Iowa State degree, you know. And are those goals for you? Or are you thinking future stay involved? Yeah, so I actually got my Iowa FFA degree my junior year as well. So um, <laughs> I'm going to try to stay involved and keep my, C- my SAE going so that I am able to get my national degree someday. Your parents must be
4: so proud to see everything that you are doing. What have they said to you about your involvement? And like you said, you really dove headfirst into this. Yeah, so
5: at first, I'm not going to lie, they were a little upset. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. At that time, I was currently working three jobs and trying to put this all together, so... I was really stressed out all the time and they told me to slow down and to quit some activities. So I actually did a drop volleyball in order to kind of mellow down a little bit, but I think in the end it has really helped me a lot with time management and organization skills. And it has taught me so much about all of that. So I think they're really proud. They're definitely very proud of like the plaques that I'm able to put on my wall and how strong-minded I am and determined. They try to compliment me as much as possible, and I appreciate that. So, <laughs> And what do
4: you see for your future? So this is your senior year. Uh, looks like
5: spring's going to be here before you know it. What are your plans? So I'm hopefully going to go to NICC. I've been um, accepted already to double major in ag business and ag finance. Thankfully, with the high school concurrent classes, I will be graduating with roughly 56 college credits so um, I'm going to have hopefully about a fourth of both of my degrees done because I overlap quite a bit.
4: That is incredible, and I've been on the NICC campus. They do a great job there, and so you're thinking egg business, anything specific or keeping it broad for now until you find that perfect job?
5: I think I'm going to keep it pretty broad. Um, My hopeful goal is that I will go back to Palmer, repair our – fabrication business outside of Wakan here and run the finances of it since I have been welding since I mean, you know, I'm kind of like leaning back from that. <laughs> Don't want to get like arthritis and bad knees and stuff too early. So <laughs> I'm going to just try to do a lot of the book work. And you know, if that can't keep me busy, maybe I'll open up a restaurant later on in my life
4: setting pretty high goals for herself, but already accomplishing so many of them at a young age as she's blazing a path of success for women in egg fabrication and FFA. Once again, that's Carly Palmer. She's a little Switzerland FFA chapter president in Wacon, Iowa, where they too are celebrating National FFA Week. From the western end of the world's longest barn in lacrosse, I'm Kate and Riley.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
6: Raising your own poultry can be great fun for the entire family. And now's the perfect time to get started or add a few more to your flock because chick days are going on now at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Right now, when rewards members purchase a 50-pound bag of Agrimaster Starter Grower Poultry Feed or a 40-pound bag of NatureWise Chick Starter, they get a free 4-ounce bag of Merrick's Poultry Electrolyte. Stock up on Guardian Premium Pine Shavings Bedding. Ideal for all kinds of critters. On sale, $4.99. Rewards members pay $4.75. And for new chick owners, check out a Farm Innovator's Baby Chick Starter Home. Includes feeder, waterer, and lamp. Just $19.99. For those of you with more established chickens, pick up Happy Hen Treats 15-Count Nesting Pads, on sale $12.99. And give your feathered friends a comfy place to stay. Assorted chicken coops, now 10% off. Plus, mark your calendars. Spring chicks will be in our stores starting February 26th. Go to farmandfleet.com for all the details. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Who
4: was your hero when you were a kid?
6: Whether
2: it was Joe DiMaggio or Jackie Robinson.
4: Rosa Parks or Sally Ride.
2: Bogart or Brando.
4: You're just the right age to do something important that you can be remembered for.
2: Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s or beyond, you can register to become an organ and tissue donor.
7: Surprised? You shouldn't be.
2: Today, people of all ages and even with health conditions can sign up to donate the gift of life.
4: And it's so important. Every age, every ethnicity is needed.
2: If we all signed up, imagine the lives we could save.
4: The families we could help.
2: So whether you admire John Wayne or James Dean, Robert Redford or Roberto Clemente,
4: Elvis Presley or Ella Fitzgerald, do something important that could make a real difference and change lives.
2: Get the facts today and register to become an organ donor.
4: Find out how at organdonor.gov. Or call 1-866-99-DONATE.
2: A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration.
1: Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Oh, well,
0: pretty tickled to bring you the weather forecast that we've got lined up. Starting today, Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us. Time for a Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. So, uh, I honestly, I know that it's going to get ugly out there as far as uh, the, the physical look. You know, we're going to get back to dull mud and a lot of brown, but uh, I'm all right with these temperatures.
8: Yeah, it, we're into that. That wet foot time of the season, at least right now, you go outside and you know you're going to end up with a wet foot pretty shortly because you'll step in a puddle or a a layer of slop that's been melting. And like you say, that mud brown, ugly, all the grime that came off the yard and the the roadway is all showing up now on top of those snow piles, but it is a whole lot more mild. The biggest thing to talk about this morning is the dense fog advisory till 9 a.m., Iowa, Lafayette, and Grant Counties, far southwest part of the state. Now, just because it's only in that area, don't be surprised to run into some dense fog almost anywhere, especially in southern Wisconsin. You could find that little patchy dense fog in some areas. That's how this morning gets underway. But during the day, sunny, very pleasant conditions are going to be in store. Sounds like a really great day. We're up in the 40s, just about 10 degrees above normal today and tomorrow. That sounds pretty nice indeed. And you know it's going to mean a lot of snowy, a lot of uh, melting and uh, thawing. And, you know, it's just going to leave that sloppy look around here. A weak little disturbance is trying to pull the front into the Western Dakotas this morning. Nothing to talk about. No imminent threat, no precipitation. Right here, there's a little snow in western South Dakota and up off the northeast corner of North Dakota, up into southern Canada. I expect with that weak wave moving in that on toward this evening or tonight, some very light rain or snow develops, may linger into the night if snow accumulates. I'd say less than a half an inch, you know, just enough to be a little cover. And then with sunshine and mild air on Saturday, it's going to melt away, be gone in a very big hurry. But leave us that sloppy start to the day. You know, the the snow melting off the roadway, leaving that sloppiness that really messes up your windshield. There'll be another wave of activity. And I expect into Sunday that there will be a little rain or rain snow mix in some areas still doesn't look to be a big event, but a little dampness on Sunday and temperatures will be staying a lot cooler at that point, And it will be windy too. So uh, kind of a rougher day, if you will, with that moisture and the winds, we do dry it out, stay a little cool yet Monday, but those nice mild temperatures return into next week and not until another precipitation chance, probably to about Thursday, we have a few dry days. I'll have forecast details right after this.
2: Being a member owner pays at Compeer Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compeer's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $197 million back in patronage. Learn more at Compeer.com backslash patronage. Compure Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors including the risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position.
0: All righty, Stu, let's brush up on the details that we should expect uh, for the weekend and even into next week.
8: It does look pretty nice, that fog this morning, especially southwest Wisconsin, and otherwise look for a mostly sunny day. Very pleasant indeed, as I expect we move up into the low or mid-40s, let's say 44 for our warm spot The south winds at 5 to 15, mostly cloudy, a little rain mixing with snow, could be a little patchy freezing drizzle, could be slick late tonight, early tomorrow, be on the alert. Otherwise, mostly cloudy overnight. We drop just into the upper 20s and the south winds will be at 5 to 10. But tomorrow it all ends, mostly sunny, still in the mid 40s with the southwest winds at 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy Sunday, even Saturday night, a little rain may develop, could be some snowflakes, a little patchy freezing rain, be on the alert. Through the day, Sunday, sunshine returns. We stay a little cooler, upper 30s. Southwest winds a good 5 to 15, gusting to 30s Sunday, adding a little chill, making it a little more difficult. But then we start to dry it out. Sure, low 30s Sun or Monday, actually a little cooler than normal, but back up into the 40s through the rest of the week. Sounds like another fine way to start into the month of March, Pam.
0: Oh, that does. Yeah, so in like a lamb. We'll, we'll hope for a, a lamb at the beginning and a lamb at the end, huh?
8: Yeah, I would say Monday being the first day, I kind of like a lamb, but a little cool one. Yeah, that's all right. That's all
0: right. Uh, Just so long as we don't start with any freezing rain or any business like that.
8: Yeah, just that little bit on Sunday to be on the alert for. Otherwise, yeah, it'll be all okay.
0: And got to be careful with the fog out there this morning, huh?
8: Yep, that's for sure.
0: All right, buddy. Well, have a good weekend. Enjoy that drive up to Manitowoc.
8: Oh, going to be a treat. <laughs> we'll see you on Monday.
0: Thanks,
1: Stu. See you. Bye now.
0: Stu Macher, Ag Meteorologist with the weather details that you're looking for. And, of course, it's all brought to you by our friends at Compure Financial. Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit com. Now, I do want to give you a little bit of a heads up. Beginning on Monday, the Midwest Farm Report is going to be partnering with the National Weather Service. Uh, We have come to find out that many of you in rural Wisconsin are underrepresented as far as rainfall reporting is concerned. I mean, it's serious. Uh, Juneau County, for example, has no rainfall reporters. There's no ground truth, as they call it, available there. So starting on Monday, we are going to be promoting and encouraging you to sign up to be an official National Weather Service rainfall reporter. That's coming up Monday, running all through the month of March. Midwest Farm Report with the National Weather Service.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
3: Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select Ford trucks and more. Get more details at WFBF.com.
10: A
9: voice
1: for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong.
11: Tom Spitz. And David Fink of Settlers Bank. The second draw of PPP funding is underway. We continue our efforts to assist businesses regardless of their previous banking relationships. Our application process is fast and efficient. Speed matters
12: when there are limited funds available in the program. Allow us to be your partner on this second draw of funding. Stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions.
11: People you know. Member FDIC. Equal Opportunity Lender.
7: Smog, garbage, sewers, car exhaust. Today's world puts our sense of smell on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. When you visit, your nose will instantly recognize the purity of nature. Bask in the aromatic scent of the black pine trees blowing in the wind. Detect the sweet fragrance of primroses wild violets, and blue sage. Smell the fresh salt water in the air as waves crash into rocky shoals. When you smell these things, you're smelling the world the way we found it. With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges.
10: This looks like a car, has tires, headlights, a hood, windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors, open like them too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel, 99.9% of the time this would be a car, but it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul. Helping our neighbors in need. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must.
6: Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection is here 24 hours a day, seven days a week for all your residential and commercial plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing.
12: Trust is a must. There are reports out this morning that he's seeking in the range of 15, $16 million, yeah. you know, per, per season. And then, and that he'll get that. I mean, because there are teams far enough under the salary cap, you know, that that can go ahead and give him that money. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just looking here, Evo. Take a team like the Colts that are obviously all in right now, right? They just went for Carson Wentz. They've got a, they've got an outstanding roster. They've got 50 million in cap room to play with, right? Carolina's got 40 million to play with. If if they can't go ahead and get Deshaun Watson, uh, do they throw a ton of money at JJ Watt? I know these aren't these aren't teams we've talked prominently about, um, you know. But if JJ Watt wants to get paid. There's going to be enough good teams out there with money that can go ahead and do it. I mean, Tampa's still 30 under. I know they've got all their own guys to go ahead and resign. Cleveland's 25 under the cap. Baltimore's 25 under the cap. So a lot of these teams Evo, just have far more financial flexibility built in right now than the Packers do. Um, if, if we're going to guess that the cap's going to go to about 185, which you know, which which is great because. You know, I'd say two months ago, Evo, we thought that 175 range was, was maybe where we were heading, mm-hmm. um, and, and teams aren't going to have to cut nearly as many players as as they thought they were. But even if, it, even if we're in that 185 range, Evo, you know, the Packers are 6-7 million over. If it ends up in that 180 range right now, they're 11-12 over, and that's even with cutting, you know, Wagner and Kirksey last week. So, um you know, Nellie and I were talking about this before I I went on uh, came on with the Evo. If the Packers do want to go all in and just say you know, bleep it, let's go for it this year. Uh, Rodgers only has a couple of years left here. Uh, if that let let let's find a way to get all this stuff done. They can go ahead and get it done. They can restructure Rodgers' contract. They can they can extend Devontae Adams right now yeah. and cut themselves a break on the cap for for 2021 they can do the same thing with jair alexander i mean adams and alexander are going to get long-term deals here they can go ahead and do those right now and uh, and save themselves some money on the cap they can cut preston smith right now they can cut dean lowry right now and make room for jj Watt. so you know evil if they want to go ahead and do all these things it, it, it is available to them but the, but the consistent pattern and history uh, the last 20 years or so, certainly since Ted Thompson took over uh, of green Bay Packer football is they do not go all in and <laughs> and they they could go for it here in 2021 and try to surround Rodgers in this game with a bunch of really good players. And then say, you know what in 2024 and 2025, we're going to be a six and 10 kind of football team because we've kicked the can down the road so far on some of these contracts. Um, that's just not their pattern evil. So, um, I, I think at the end of the day, their chances of getting walked are, are, are still pretty slim, but, but they're in it. And only, only deep down, you know, does Brian Gutekunst know how much he's, you know, he, he's really the only one with him and Russ Ball and, and Lafleur, and obviously the powers that be over there are the only ones that know. How in this race they actually are? Right, Rob Reichel joining us right now from Forbes.com. My man Robbie, follow him on Twitter at Rob Reichel. So Rob, all right, JJ Watt, watch whatever. I saw what John Clayton talking about how three teams have emerged as the front runners: the Buffalo Bills, the Titans, and obviously the Packers. And then he's got uh, the Raiders as a dark horse, and the Browns are still in the mix, but the Steelers are out of the three: Packers, Titans, and Bills. The ones that are, I guess, if you you know, take John uh, John Clayton's sermon at you know face value here. Which is the one that you think would be most likely to land? What Titans, Bills, or Packers? Just real quick, I'm curious what you think. Well, and and again, Clayton backed off that statement then later in the day and. You know, he he said some of his words were misinterpreted when he was saying that on the radio, and he said those are those are certainly three uh, involved. But yes. then he said then he backed off and he said there's a dozen still really chasing him. But but it is interesting, Evo. You know, the the, the, the teams you laid out there: Buffalo is three and a half million over the cap, Tennessee is two and a half over, Green Bay, and, and we're talking at the cap's 185. Green Bay's about six over. So all these teams are over the cap. Now they can go ahead and get things done out of those three, Evo. You know, Buffalo and Green Bay are clearly made, you know, I, I think Tennessee's going to take a step back next year. I've never bought into them totally, even though they made the, the AFC championship game, you know, in, in, in 2019. I think Buffalo's set here for a four- or five-year run uh, of terrific football where they're a challenger year in and year out of the AFC. And, and obviously Green Bay's been a challenger in the NFC, you know, for 30 years Um So I I would say out of of all the teams, those two clearly make the most sense. And it it sounds like, you know, Pittsburgh's out of it at this point in time, which makes sense Mm -hmm. because they're way over the salary cap as well. Well, there's going to be some other teams here that maybe we haven't heard that much about that are going to emerge.
1: If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Youngke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: Well, the Wisconsin wolf hunt opened this week and closed very quickly this week. Our hunters definitely got the job done. And now it's got one of our Wisconsin livestock owners that's had his cows attacked and killed by wolves, wondering if the DNR got the number right to begin with. Josh Scramlin's going to bring us that update as we roll our way through the hour. Glad you're along with us. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. So, on this day, back in 1993, a car bomb exploded below the World Trade Center in New York. Remember, six people died in that blast, and it was only the beginning of the telltale signs that something bigger was going to be happening around the World Trade Center, but it started on this day back in 1993. On this day in 1909, a color motion picture is shown to the general public for the very first time. It was a series of 21 short kinechrome films, that they put together at the Palace Theatre in London. First time that the general public got a chance to see what a color motion picture would be like. On this day, back in... Well, I should say happy anniversary to uh, Giselle Bunchen and uh, NFL star Tom Brady. They got married on this day back in 2009. And here's a weird one for you. On this day in 1975... The first televised kidney transplant happened on the Today Show. On this day back in 1975, a kidney transplant live on the Today Show. Now, come on, who else is talking about that kind of thing on a Friday morning except right here? All right, let's pivot and turn our attentions towards food news, which is why you're coming around. There is going to be some fun food news developing next week. Normally, we would be engaged in the world cheese championship which wisconsin's hosted and as you can imagine the pandemic has changed that up again this year but we're going to try to still have a celebration i talked about it yesterday with kirsten strominger she is the contest events manager for the wisconsin cheesemakers association the hosting group for the 2021 world cheese championship online I asked her when they started to get this idea pulled together to salvage a world champion event in light of the pandemic.
9: Sure. So we we made the decision uh, the uh, towards the end of 2020 that a physical in person contest may not be the best idea for us for 2021. So we we postponed uh, a contest until March of 2022, but that left. You know, this year opened where we wouldn't have a contest and we definitely miss the camaraderie and the fun and liveliness of what the contest brings for the industry um, and, you know, all of our WCMA members and entrants. So, decided to put together some online programming that showcases some of the elements of the contest and, you know, gives us a little bit of a taste of our yearly events and those familiar faces that we love seeing every year.
0: How was the response from the folks that you reached out to? I mean, we've all been living in that virtual world. Were they a little surprised that uh, Wisconsin cheesemakers still wanted to spearhead something like this?
9: Oh, it's so excited. You know, the the news has not taken lightly that we we decided to postpone a contest from this year. So people wanted to help in any way they could to save the responses I got were, let me help in any way possible. I want to try to make something happen. We want to be a part of this however we can, however we can do this. Yeah. And we're just, it's wonderful and heartwarming to know that you know, we have such a great community, but then also that our event is so loved and appreciated um, that people are willing to, to make it happen.
0: Yeah, and I've I've witnessed that. When you're there, people take vacations so they can be a part of this event. Now let's talk about what you finally gathered together, what elements people can still look forward to with regards to the World Champion Cheese Contest.
6: Sure.
9: So we will have two days of programming, um, March 2nd and 3rd at 3 p.m. Central Time. Um, So day one, we our executive director, John Umhafer, Meets with our current contest chief judge and our two previous chief judges, has a conversation about, you know, contest past and history and kind of our contest foundations and where we, where we've come from. And then also looks, looks ahead towards hearing on that legacy and reminding people that we are here, even though there is not a physical contest this year, but we still are making sure that everything in the future will on just as well. And then we uh, then we'll meet with judges. So we have four different judge pairs uh, and at our contest judges evaluate products in pairs. Um, and so we meet with them as they evaluate a cheese together over Zoom. And they walk through the process of evaluating a product and you know teaching actually uh, how they would judge that cheese in a contest. So it's a little bit more interactive um in sharing what our judges do and why they're the experts.
0: Yeah, what do you know what variety of cheeses those judges are going to be evaluating yet Kirsten?
9: Yeah, so we have each team has a different product. Um one of our judging pairs is judging cheese curds, which of course is a fun one to judge and eat. We have another pair judging cheddar. You know, our Natural cheese, our contest origin actually, our contest started out as the World Natural Cheddar Contest, Um, and you'll learn all those things next week, but we also have a smear ripened soft cheese, so it's kind of like a Limburger, but it's actually, you would look at it and it kind of looks like a brie, but they'll talk about the differences that, and why it is still a smear ripened cheese, but it might look like a brie. And then our other team, our last product, uh, is Manchego. So we have um, two judges that are walking you through this sheet cheese and why it is such a special cheese.
0: Interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna be tuning in just to hear what they have to say. And it is funny to think about. Two judges in two different areas uh, trying to work off the same cheese. That must, that must be kind of a coordinating effort in and of itself to get them the same samples of cheese that they can work with, huh?
9: It, it was. It was uh, an interesting logistical uh, experience and uh, excited that we could pull it off. Um, we have you know, people all over the country. One of our judges uh, who actually judges cheese curds, he's in Canada, so making sure that he got fresh cheese curds along with the other judge who's from Illinois and making sure they both were able to judge the same product at the same time it was it was a neat experience and a fun challenge
0: did you get any judges Outside of Canada and the United States to participate, Kirsten. Kirsten Ströminger is along with us. She is the contest events manager for the Wisconsin Cheesemakers. We're talking about the World Cheese Championship and how they are trying to keep some of the elements in play in a virtual world. Do we have international judges outside of the United States and Canada?
9: Yes. So so the judges that are uh, evaluating Manchego, both – Currently live in Wisconsin, but um, one is from France and the other is originally from Portugal. So we, they have their wealth of knowledge uh, that they've brought to Wisconsin.
0: Kristen Strominger, she's the events manager for the Wisconsin Cheesemakers getting ready for a virtual world champion cheese event next Tuesday and Wednesday, March 2nd and 3rd. And like she said, some fun stuff. You'll get a chance to trace back the history of the contest and then get a chance to watch judges collaborate on evaluating cheese varieties uh, virtually. I asked her, you know, why not more international activity? And she said, honestly, The challenge was trying to get cheese to those potential international judges in a timely fashion. She said that they could not uh, manage because of uh, logistics. So it's still going to be great next Tuesday, Wednesday. Don't forget, you can find out the details and follow along worldchampioncheese.org. Markets in overnight electronic trade have turned red. As far as our grain trade, December corns down three at 470. November beans down eight at 1223. And July wheat's down seven at 656. Now dairy went in a completely different direction. Barrel cheese was up six and a half at 144 and three quarters. Forty-pound block cheese gained seven on Thursday to 166. And double A butter up three and a quarter cents at 149 and three quarters per pound. The March milk closed 53 cents high. At 1656 100 weight, April milk up 7 at 1747 100 weight. Up next, Josh Gramlin is going to join us in studio and bring us an update on the Wisconsin Wolf Hunt. It opened this week and it closed this week. He's talking with one of our Wisconsin livestock producers that suffered because of the wolf population. His cows were attacked and killed. That story's coming up.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: It's almost time to Run Madtown. Take part in this annual tradition at your own pace. Run anytime the week of May 29th and send in your results. Choose the 5K, 10K, half or full marathon or the kids 2K. Get your swag in the mail and make your own route. You'll get a premium tech shirt, finisher medal, race bid, invite only access to virtual training and classes with local celebs and experts, plus pre-race food and a Michelob Ultra from Festival Foods. Get registered today. Details at RunMadtown.com.
7: You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A Skincare Minute with Skincare Expert, Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin-tight procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines, as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler, like Restylane Lift, is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world. But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup. Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger.
10: Just like you could by giving a pint of blood.
7: The men and women of America's
0: Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you, whether it's by donating food or simply giving time, right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy.
1: can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. The state of Wisconsin recently wrapped up its
3: gray wolf hunt, the first in the state since 2014, and also the first hunt since the wolves have been taken off the endangered species list, meaning they are no longer federally protected. Going into the hunt, the Wisconsin DNR estimated that there were anywhere between 1,000 to 1,200 wolves roaming the state. And at the time that I'm bringing you this story, the most recent data shows that over 200 wolves were killed. That blew past the quota of 119 that non-native hunters could harvest. And to put that into perspective, that means that about 15% of the state's wolf population was killed in the last week. Ryan Klusendorf is a dairy farmer in Taylor County, and he has had problems with wolves in the past. Ryan, thanks for joining the show again. Your initial reaction to hearing those figures from the DNR on just how many wolves were killed?
11: You know, looking at those numbers, it kind of goes, in my opinion, is that maybe, you know, the wolf estimations where Wisconsin are a little light, and when you got uh, roughly a two-day hunt, you're, you're harvesting that many wolves in that short amount of time. I mean, you got to think the population is much higher than what the DNR is estimating.
3: Well, it just all happened so fast. The hunt officially started on February 22nd, and then by the 23rd and the 24th, they were saying, okay, we're wrapping up, and then we're done. Can't harvest any more wolves. You've went past the quota. So do you think that the DNR should have maybe set a higher number than that 119?
11: Yeah, they probably should have been, but I mean, with a short amount of time getting this hunt set up, I it would, probably was a responsible number that the DNR board approved for the quota. But going forward, when the Wolf Advisory Committee convenes here this year to set numbers for the quota for the fall hunt, I, they need to take a hard look at this and make sure they get the number right. And we've been advocating here on Wisconsin Farm Bureau's side to make sure there's farmer representation on this advisory committee, and I know Wisconsin Farm Bureau's got a representative that's going to sit on the committee, and there's some other farm organizations as well that are going to have representation. So this is a you know win for agriculture to make sure we're represented being there's so many harassments and depredations out there that do affect the agricultural side.
3: Yeah, Ryan, I do apologize. I should have mentioned before, you are on the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's board of directors. You represent District 8, and your dairy farm is right outside of Medford. You've had issues with wolves for quite some time. I know that you've had cows attacked and killed by gray wolves, and that happened a few years back. Have you had anything happen recently?
11: This fall, we had an instance where we had some cattle out in the highway, and just we can tell by their demeanor when something's chasing them how they act, and they were acting that way. We did have one that ended up did getting hit on the highway, and that's another concern we have when cattle are harassed by wolves. They get out and it causes a public safety issue, and we don't want to see our animals getting injured on the road or depredated, or you know our friends and neighbors hitting animals on the road and having losses on their vehicles and. It just the uh, emotional impact it has on people when they're hitting animals and emotional impact it has on the farmers as well. So that's, and I know other farmers as well have continued to have harassments by wolves and depredations, and we shouldn't have to deal with that in Wisconsin. That's why it's so important to have this hunt take place.
3: Oh, and it took a lot to get this hunt to happen. And maybe it would be beneficial to back up just a little bit, give people some context of what it took to get the hunt to take place because it was no cakewalk.
11: There was a hearing at the state capitol between the Senate and Assembly on the having the wolf hunting season because there is a state statute that says there shall be a wolf hunting season when wolves are delisted. And the DNR had plenty of time when the ruling came down from the Department of the Interior that the wolf was going to be delisted. Farm Bureau felt that we needed to have this hearing and have some testimony presented at it to say this hunt needs to happen. How can we have the DNR act on this and get the hunt going? So after that, uh, the Senate, committee, Senate and Assembly Committee reported to the DNR board and said, we want you to act on this. They had a special meeting, and that was all held virtually with the Wisconsin DNR board. And I believe they said there was like 1,400 people that, that listened in on that hearing. There was about 50 people that testified. I was one of those people that testified and just said, hey, the farmer's out here in rural Wisconsin. We need this hunt to happen. You know, everybody like, would like to see a wolf, thinks it's this majestic creature. But it, the brutal reality of nature is this animal is bred and designed to kill. And when the thing when they're overpopulated, they're starting to take on domestic animals, or our livestock pets, and we don't need this to happen and that's why this needed to be managed. Unfortunately at that time their motion they made failed and then we kind of sat there like, Well, I guess we're gonna have to wait until November twenty twenty one before a hunt could happen. But there was a hunting group that stepped up, filed a lawsuit that said we need to have this hunt, the judge agreed, and that's where the hunt came from. Hmm. You know, it's unfortunate that we got government agencies that think they're above the law and don't have to follow it, and we shouldn't have to go to the courts to get stuff done.
3: So with that being said, Ryan, as we kind of wrap up, do you sleep any better at night knowing that there's not as many wolves prowling around, not just your farm, but the entire state of Wisconsin?
11: I do feel better about it. I. I really believe that the boundaries have been put back into place for wolves to hopefully follow here going to, into the future. And you know those those wolves that are doing the depredations and harassment it gives the wolf population a bad name. And that's why it was so important. And and going forward, I'm still going to be cautiously optimistic about what's going to take place here in November Hunt. That's why it's so important for the farming community to advocate for this and also going forward to make sure if you think you're having harassments or depredations to report it to the DNR
3: Absolutely. That is Ryan Klusendorf. He is on the Farm Bureau Board of Directors. He is also a dairy farmer in Taylor County, and he has had some issues with livestock depredation, wolves attacking his cows as recently as October. But the latest harvest totals that we have from the wolf hunt that took place in Wisconsin this week for the first time since 2014, over 200 wolves have been killed. That is about 15% of the population. This is a very fluid story. We will keep you updated at midwestfarmreport.com. And for the Midwest Farm Report.